Hi. Um, so last year at this time, our toddler uh, was just a year and a half old, and um, we were just going through a really difficult time with him. He was very sick, um, and that lasted a good six months. We had two weeks where he'd be healthy, or no, two weeks he'd be sick, two days healthy, two weeks sick, two days healthy, and that just continued for six months. And basically, he was just really struggling to breathe, um, especially at night. He'd be choking um, until he would pretty much vomit. And there were times, um, there was one time he actually turned blue and his oxygen dropped. So several late night trips to the ER and um, a lot of fear. <laughs> it was very scary. But um, he was being uh, diagnosed with asthma and we we're doing breathing treatments every three hours. Um, and he was on six different medications. Um, and my mother-in-law just was like, you guys need a night out. You've got to take some time for yourself. So I, my husband and I had a date night that night, and I signed up for two hours on the 24-7 um, the prayer. And when I came in, I mean, I just came in hectic and crazy and in a hurry and stressed from life. I mean, I think a lot of you guys can relate to that probably. But um, my prayer was just to hear from God in some way. And when I went in there, I was just, um, just trying to worship and pray, not knowing what to expect. And I just really clearly heard God say, like, read my words. So I sat on the couch in there and just opened the Bible. And the page that I turned to was Isaiah 42, 5. And I read, Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. And the who gives breath to the people on it truly was like highlighted to me and I just was overcome with tears and for me it wasn't even necessarily a healing in that moment it was just more so um knowing that God is over each and every breath of his and I do not have to worry he's God's child before he's mine and I just was really able to take a lot of peace in with that and my husband came in for the last hour of prayer together and I'm crying you know so happy and he's like what's going on I'm like I don't know, I think this word is for our son, babe. We need to claim this for him. And Jamie was like, really, I just left the house, and he was, pu like, choking really bad. And I'm like, I don't care, let's just do it. So we prayed, and the next morning we woke up, and I looked at Jamie, and I'm like, he did not wake up last night. He did not choke at all. And Jamie's like, yeah, let's just give it a couple weeks, honey. Let's just see what happens, you know. <laughs> His faith is amazing, though, I mean. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not that he was at all doubting. Um, and so within a month, we had slowly weaned him off of all six medications. Um, he's had several common colds since then and never any lung flare up, nothing. The doctors are like, yeah, I think he outgrew it. I'm like, no, he was healed. <laughs> that happened. So I'm not, I just want to also throw in, I didn't say this the first service. I know I'm going long, but, um, when you go in there, you know, I can't guarantee a healing, you know, but God knows our heart and, the reality is, like I said, when you go in there hectic and stressed and you might even be running a couple minutes late, when you walk into that room and the person that's already been in there prays for you, there's such a peace. And if you go in there even just an hour, I can guarantee you will have a much needed date with the Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, whole Miles family. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So we have a special treat today. Um, Randy, who is usually up here uh, sometimes, is uh, 
he um, he had a retreat in Chicago, and there was an ice storm that was coming right about this time. And so we um, thought, okay, either he should miss it or or he should go early. And so um, we thought, uh, well, we were as we were talking about it, and we um, Keith um, Gilbert came to our minds, and and we called him. Or Randy called him. This isn't we. Randy called him, and and Randy and said Keith. Um, you know, would you be interested in giving the message tomorrow? Because he called him last night, and Keith said he had just been preparing for four hours that afternoon for something, and he didn't know what he was preparing for because it wasn't what he was going to be doing in the class. Because Keith and Judy um, are doing the Father's Heart class on Tuesday nights, and it's really great. So anyway, uh, that was a big confirmation, and we just we're so thankful to God that He always is directing these services and just loves us all so much and has stuff that he wants to say. So, Keith and Judy, come on up. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to pray for you guys. So, Father, I just thank you so much for your plans and purposes for us, Lord. And and we're just open, Lord. We want to hear what you have to say. And just flow through them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Jane. Um. Well, first of all, I know that um, Ethan and family just walked out the door, but I do want to just pray. I didn't do this first service, but Lord, we just thank you for his healing. And we claim it, and we declare it, and we say thank you, and so be it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because asthma is under the Lord's feet, and it's under our feet too. <laughs> so I just want to share a second, uh, introduce my husband. We were on a fast track to um, probably divorce or separation or dysfunction for sure about 15 or more years ago um, before the Lord got a hold of us and we met Jesus in a new way. Um, Keith was raised in the church. I was raised in the church, but we didn't know Jesus. And Jesus came and just radically um, revealed himself to us and saved us. And then um, we went on to then encounter the power of his Holy Spirit and the glory of who he is and just um, encounters and miracles and all sorts of things. But we still had a lot of striving going on in our lives because um, we just transferred our need for approval and identity into the church. (laughs) And then we strived and Keith was a workaholic and he got his worth and value in what he accomplished through his job. I got my worth and value in his approval, which didn't seem to be happening. And so it was just a fast track to nowhereville. But then we met the Father, the Heavenly Father, who Jesus came to represent. And the Holy Spirit continues to bring us to in re- relationship with And that's when our lives really got good. (laughs) And it's getting better every day. And it's just the continuation of who the Father is and how much he loves us and loves us into our full purposes on this earth. And and so I'm happy to introduce my husband, my love of my life, other than Jesus and my dad and my Holy Spirit. (laughs) Sorry, you're fourth. So. That's a good fourth, though. That's a pretty That's good, good fourth. So, yeah. Oh, you don't need this. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, as Judy was saying, um, you know, we were both both raised in the church, but we were like two ticks with no dog, just sucking the life out of each other. And I don't know any other way to explain it, but uh, that's exactly the way it is, you know. 
a, a tick's got to have something to survive, and, and there was no dog, and we were just sucking the life out of each other. And um, thank God people stepped into our life, and, and God is so faithful, and he's, he's always calling us into restoration of, of relationship with him. And um, we're really excited to be doing this Tuesday night class here. Uh, we're two weeks into it, and it's called Encountering the Heart of the Father. Um, as some of you may know, the uh, mission statement here is encountering the power and love of God and giving it away to the world. And um, we really believe that once he gets a hold of your heart, that um, he will not only change it, that he will wreck you. And um, he will wreck you in a way that you have no choice but to go out and to speak of his goodness. So so uh, one, of the, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, one of the books that... Um, we're actually selling for the class. It's called The Father Loves You. It's by Ed Peoric. Ed is a uh, vineyard pastor out in California that was um, brought up by John Wimber. And it's a really powerful book. We didn't know what book to... We wanted people to have something to kind of follow along some of the um, material. And we just... We, I, I don't think we'd read this book in quite some time, but this book is like a tea. It just teed the class just moves right to the um, material that we're, we're teaching in the class. And maybe not exactly, but it's a tr tremendous book. Ed has a tremendous ministry out in California, and he's one of the, the uh, ministers that has been releasing the Heart of the Father for probably 25 years now. So um, if you have a chance, this would be a great book. It's Ed Peoric, The Father Loves You. Uh, as I was preparing, um, we, we have a team that, had been preparing in November and December, and um, Delena is uh, part of our team, and David's been here to help us and and uh, pray with us and prepare things, and it's just been a joy to get to know them. And if you don't know them, you need to get to know them because they're wonderful people. They carry an identity of of how God really sees them, not the way the world does, but the way the Father does, and. Um, as we were preparing uh, with some of the material, it was Christmas time, and uh, a couple of the staple movies in our house for Christmas is um, Home Alone and um, Elf. And I, I know as strange as that seems, um, as we watch those movies, it's, it's evident that it's all about the father calling the son home. It's all about restoration of a family. It's all about um, a, an orphan searching for his father and the, and the identity of who he is and to see his father's heart for him. And, and I really believe that um, if we look at, at some of the Hollywood movies, so many of them, the message is to restore or revenge. And, and, and I really believe that, that we're crying out for God to restore our relationship with him in so many ways. And as we look at the world, we see that uh, father, fatherlessness is just rapid everywhere. Uh, not only here in the U.S., but, but countries all over. And there, there seems to be no society uh, that is exempt from this. And I really believe that... Um, the Father is revealing himself in a new way. 
for us to understand just who he really is. And um, some of the statistics that we see right here in the U.S. on fatherless children is 63% of our youth suicides are fatherless kids. 71% of pregnant teenagers are father's kids, fatherless kids. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from a fatherless home. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions are fatherless. 85% of all youth who exhibit behavior disorders fatherless. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger, fatherless. 71% of all high school dropouts, fatherless. And since 1980, the, the fatherless children in, this, in the U.S. here has tripled. And, and I really believe that um, the devil is having a heyday in our families and tearing our families apart. And he knows that if he can get into the families <clears throat> and somehow uh, misrepresent who the Father really is for us, it gives us a distorted view of him. So there's other areas, too, that fatherlessness is, is running rapid, and it's even in our churches. And if you're familiar with the, the story of the prodigal son, it's, it's really easy to see the, 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 the prodigals, the prodigal brother. It's really easy to see the brokenness in him and, and the sin in him. But when we look at the older brother, which are, which are in these everywhere in churches today, striving and striving and striving to meet the mark that they believe that they have to do to, to receive God's love. And... It's a really serious issue that um, we continue to see. And uh, uh, Judy and I had the chance a year ago to uh, minister in St. Lucia, which is just one of the most beautiful islands in the West Indies. And, um, but the brokenness there of fatherless children is 86%. 86% of the kids in that country are, are born out of wedlock. And we heard story after story after story of girls and young men that did not know who their father was. And it was the most heartbreaking thing for us. We had um, one night that we were ministering and um, the, the leader of our team said, tonight we're just, um, we're going to release the heart of the father through hugs and um, during ministry time, we gave an invitation that if you had never been loved unconditionally or held unconditionally, that we wanted to just release a Father's blessing on you and hold you. And there was three men in the team and, and, and our wives, and um, it, it was the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced. Uh, we had a line of women and one man, and we spent two hours just holding these precious ladies that had never in their life been loved unconditionally, had never been held. Most of them never knew who their father was. And 
and we didn't quite break through to the to the men there. We felt that um, the Lord was still doing some things, and it's just so hard for a man in that culture to to openly in public come forth and ask to be loved unconditionally. But um, as we see in the church today, that so many of us are striving and striving and striving to to meet the mark that uh, we feel that God has for us. And I was raised in a Christian home, and my view of Christianity was my mother was Jesus, loving, and she's the one that saved us from my father, who was the the um, upholder of the law. And he was very good at, at upholding the law, and... Um, that was my view of Christianity. It was, there's no way that the Father could ever love me for who I was or what I've done. That Jesus, this wonderful son of his that came down and sacrificed for me, but I never had a relationship with the Father. And, and that's how I saw him. I saw him as, as um, one that lays the rules out, the one that's going to judge me. And, and the one that's going to um, demand that I walk the walk the straight line. So, so that was uh, really that was my uh, perception of Christianity. And even being in the church uh, that I was raised in, just from day one, that was how I saw the Father. And I, I want to. Just quote Martin Luther. You know, Martin Luther was um, the one that uh, brought Reformation to the church many, many years ago. But here's his view of who Father God was. He says, I have difficulty praying the Lord's Prayer because whenever I say our Father, I think of my own Father who was hard, unyielding, and relentless. And I cannot help but think of God in that way. So my, my question today is how many of us uh, view God through a lens of, of maybe our earthly fathers and and see him in a way that uh, we we really don't understand who he is. And when, um, just like Jessica and, and Jamie, um, they were crying out, they have a, a heart for their children, they're crying out to God. And God is so faithful. Um, and I have the same heart for my children. And when um, when we had Leah, our second child, Leah, um, who is here today, and I'm thankful, um, our our marriage and our um, house was just a wreck. We were on the verge of divorce, and. Um, I had uh, my second child, and and it, it seemed it was pretty easy for me to fumble through being a father with with Anna, and um, but when I held Leah, I, I just in my spirit I knew that there was something different about Leah that was going to rub a part of me that's going to bring me into intimacy, because her heart is so intimate into to what the Father has for people in this world. 
he has given her a gift of compassion. And, and even though we were not walking with the Lord, his spirit is stirring in me. And as I held Leah in my, in my arms, and she was very little, probably only about a month old, I said, Father, I don't know how to be a father, and I need your help. And out of his faithfulness, he responded, and it was the first time I'd ever heard God's voice. He says, you must first be a son before you're going to be a father. And, and I really believe that he has revealed himself through his son. And in, uh, in Hebrews 1.3, it says that Jesus is the expressed image of his being. He is the perfect representation. The NIV says that he is the exact representation of Father God. And I really believe that, that today he is releasing the knowledge of who he is, that, that we are seeing Ephesians 1.17 in our churches and in our schools and everywhere because it's his heart to restore, to bring back, anything that's lost. And I want Judy to come up and share because she has such a sweet way of sharing how Jesus has just had a, a major effect on her life, but how also the Father has revealed himself through Jesus. Yeah, um, several years ago I heard this shared and it, it just changed my life. Um, in John 5:19 it says then Jesus answered and said to uh, said to them most assuredly I say to you the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son also does in like manner and so what that's saying is you know if you've seen the son you've seen the father whatever Jesus saw he only did what he saw the father doing so if I got to thinking about the different things that Jesus did that we've read about, and I'm sure you can think of some of the stories yourself, but some of them that came to mind was um, the woman at the well. When Jesus was encountering the woman at the well, when he was speaking to her about her life and the five husbands that she had had and her um, adulter or not adulterous, but um, many marriages, it was Jesus talking to her, but he, Jesus was only doing what he saw the Father do. So it was the Father talking to her, just pouring out grace and mercy and revealing himself and loving her. And the woman caught in adultery when all the, the Pharisees and all the people were ready to stone her and accuse her of adultery. Jesus said, I don't accuse you. And that's the Father. So the Father was saying that to her. And the, the washing of the feet when Jesus was humbled himself and lowered himself at the level of the, the disciples' feet, and he washed the disciples' feet. It was the Father who was washing the disciples' feet. And when Jesus was feeding the multitude, it was, it was the Father feeding the multitude. He wasn't saying things like, why did you come out? You should have known better. You should have packed lunch. You should have, you should, you should. He was just saying, I'll provide for you. I'll provide. And um, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, 
when he took those nails in his hands, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So when Jesus gave himself as a perfect ransom, it was the Father himself that was putting himself on that cross for you and for me. As he watched the nails go in his hand, I thought about that during the first song this morning. It's like he did that for us. It was the Father himself because Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. In Matthew 23, 37, Jesus is speaking to uh, the Hebrews, to, to his people. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You know, Jesus at the end of his life was in um, praying in the garden, and in John it talks about Jesus was saying, this is eternal life. He was praying to his Father. This is eternal life that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Jesus was praying to the Father that we would know him, that we would know the Father. Jesus' life mission was for us to know the Father. And it was also that we would be one with him. In John 15, 20, 21, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. In the other gospel accounts, Jesus is crying out to the Lord, crying out to the Father, Father, if there's any other way, let this, pa- this cup pass before me. But nonetheless, your will be done. What was the will of the Father? That we be one with him. And I think that John talks about this, that Jesus' prayer was all for to, that we would know God and that we would be one with him. And then right after that prayer, he gets arrested. In the other Gospels, he's talking about if there's any other way, but nonetheless, your will be done. I think the stress and the bleeding and the, the, you know, it was the enemy himself trying to come against that. And I think the enemy still tries to come against that revelation today. But God is relentless. You know, he has a scripture that says, um, that you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And God showed me a few months ago that that is a commandment, but it's also a promise that he will do that. He will change my heart, that I will love him with all of it. He will have no other idols before him. And it is a guarantee because Jesus prayed it. I believe it. That settles it. We are one with him. And we have all of him in us. And he has all of us in him. And that is his will that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's my revelation of my daddy. Amen. <clears throat> you know, there is, there is a reason that... Um, 
we were given the great commandment before the great commission. And so many people that serve in ministry and in the mission fields get so burned out so fast. And it's because he's calling us into the power of his love before we go out into the world. And we can only give away what we have. We can't give away what we don't have. So um, I really believe that there's a reason that he's given us the great commandment before the great commission. Uh, there is a father for the fatherless generation, and I don't feel that he's been properly introduced. And um, I believe that as we encounter his love, that, that we are to go out and introduce him to those that are broken and suffering that, that may have never understood anything about Christianity or God the Father. When Jesus was leaving um, the earth, he told the disciples uh, in John 14, 25, he said that these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. We have the promise that when Jesus left the earth, that the Holy Spirit would come. And, and I, never really, I never really quite understood the Holy Spirit when I was growing up. I didn't really understand God the Father. I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. And it was like I was only understanding a small portion of, of what true Christianity was. And in 1 Corinthians 2.9... So many of us have heard this verse over and over and over. It says that I has not seen nor, nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But verse 10 through 12 says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows... Of, the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of the one who is from God, that we might know the things that he has been freely given to us by God. See, when, when we receive Christ and accept the forgiveness of sins, it's the one step that brings us closer to the Father. And it says that He pours His Spirit in us. That exact moment. And in, in uh, Romans 5.5, 5, Paul says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. This is Paul. He was the chief sinner is how he was labeled. The chief sinner having the Spirit of God poured out into him. And God's Spirit testifies with our spirit that he's calling us closer and closer and closer. And Jesus not only came to save and to be the sacrifice for us, but he came to introduce us to who the Father is. 
in a way that no one else could have ever done that. In Romans 8.14, Paul tells us that for as many of us are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For you did not receive the bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And, and my question today is, is God has, if you've accepted Christ, God has poured his spirit into you. It's the same spirit that Jesus had right before his crucifixion that cried out, Abba, Father. It's the exact same spirit that we have in us that makes us one with him. And my question today is, can you consider yourself a child of God? You may know who Jesus is, and, and you've probably accepted Jesus into your heart, and if you haven't, today is the day. Because I believe that he's softening hearts now. I believe that he's revealing himself in a way. He's, resili- he's revealing the love that, that we've read for so long in, in John 3.16, and maybe not understood, but it was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we don't have to perish. It was the love that the Father sent in the Son to bear what he could bear on the cross. So before we start worship, um, we're going to enter into communion. And uh, if communion servers would come forward. And if, if, you, if, if you have accepted Christ, then this is a time that, that we remember what he's done for us. And as we worship today, I just want those that felt that they've never really cried out. That spirit that's stirring in, in your hearts right now and say, Abba, Father. Bless you. Just the way that Jamie and Jessica cried out to heal their son. And God's faithful, I guarantee you God's faithfulness will show up as, as you cry out to him and you surrender anything that's holding you back from what he has for you. So come and receive at the communion table and then we'll start worship. Lord has released a spirit of surrender in this place right now. And one of the elders came and told me that he saw the father reaching his hands out to us. And that that in our brokenness, some of you have been wounded by the hands of your earthly father or mother. And that today he wants to minister to that wound. brokenness that he's here to minister to you and in Ezekiel 36 27 says that I will put a new spirit in you and I will give you a new heart a heart of flesh and I will take away the heart of stone and I really believe that that some of your hearts have turned hard over the years because of the disappointment that your earthly fathers and mothers have been. 
as we sing this last song, I just, I ask you to just surrender it all to him.